There it is. The intro, a little bit different than usual. It's not perfect. It will be better as we get along. But it is week one, episode one of the Leafs Weekender for this season. My co-host beside me, Mr. D4, Dylan Fournier. What's going on, Dilly Bear? Not much. Uh, solid Sunday. Had a little bit of hockey today and just relaxed mostly. A little bit sore, but uh, it has been a great day. How has your Sunday been? My Sunday has not been too bad. We went down and looked at the uh, the cottage and the waterfront properties that we are in the process of purchasing. Um, Want to see what the hurricane did to them. Did some yard cleanup on the cottage. Nothing hit any of the structures, so we're all good. Let's so, go. Uh, Little bit F you, Fiona. Yeah, get out of here, Fiona. And Ian, stay away from Disney World, buddy. Come on. Yeah. Listen, we are proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co., the Puck Off Lagerdale, the absolute big beer for the big podcast, which is Offside Hockey Talk and the Leafs Weekender. Just so you know, we break it down like this. We look at the week that was. The week that will be, we look at the good, the bad, the ugly, talk about some news and notes around the NHL, talk our bearded blue warrior, and maybe open a Timmy's pack, but not just yet. They're not out yet. And then we call it a day. It's quick, simple, and easy. It is your least wrap-up for the week, done on a Sunday with your offside friends. We may have some exciting friends joining us throughout the year. But without further ado, let's kick it off. The last week for the Toronto Maple Leafs, what has happened so far? I know it's preseason, folks, but let's talk about what happened this week for the Leafs. We had two games this week. We had the Montreal Canadian game. Toronto winning 3 nothing in that game. Now, I look at that game and I say, why is this any significance? Well, it's significant in the fact that we finally got to see Matt Murray between the pipes for the Toronto Maple Leafs for 40 minutes to see what he can do. Now, you dropped an interesting tidbit to me before we jumped on the show. How about you tell everybody what you just read about Curtis Sanford doing to Matt Murray today in practice and how it may relate to what he did to Montreal on Wednesday. So I there was an interview with Matt Murray. Uh, somebody asked him, how do you feel about the blinders that Sanford has put on your mask? Now I see that this technique is probably to help Matt Murray focus on the puck with you know the front of his eye, the main focus of his eye, rather than see it with his peripheral. So when his angles, when when he's doing his angles, he's actually turning his head to see the puck rather than, you know, going like this and peeking that way. Um, this this technique could, you know, work in his favor by helping him micro-focus on, on the puck as a whole rather than, you know, just seeing a little blurb of it maybe. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not a goalie guru by any means. Um, <laughs> but I think this just shows you how comfortable, you know, Sanford is or – could be with pushing Murray uh, to, you know, try different things. And, uh, you know, maybe this is pushing him in the right direction. Who knows? I have also looked at a couple of pictures of Matt Murray. And, man, does he look like a mammoth in the net compared to Jack Campbell. Quite, quite terrifying. I think the equipment makes him look three times the actual size that he is. But uh, that was just a couple of tidbits I had from the week. Uh what, what well, were a couple of the, um, yeah, so obviously we play the Montreal Canadiens. Leafs win that one three nothing preseason, of course. But here's the thing for me: Matt Murray looking great, making the saves he needs to make, feeling the puck, 
couple, you know, we'll, we'll call them 10 bell saves, but eight bell saves to say the least, looking good between the pipes, which is what the Leafs want to see. A little bit of anything you can do, I can do better, is what he said to Ilya Samsonov. You got a shutout? Well, I'll get a shutout. And my backup, Eric Chalgren, well, he'll do the same thing. He'll shut the rest of the game down. But for me, it was the guys who scored the goals that really stood out to me. And why do I say this? Well, Leafs Nation this week, you've been excited about Dennis Malgin, wondering about Nick Robertson. And then, of course, you have the other segment of Leafs Nation saying, these guys are soft and washed and they shouldn't be playing. They won't be here. Well, they keep beating the drum. And what have I said all along about Nick Robertson? Give him the opportunity and he will shine. Give him the opportunity and he will shine. There he is. Look at him. Beautiful. Beautiful. Shining. Dennis Malgan, same thing. Getting an opportunity. Went over to the Swiss League. Wanted to be closer to home during COVID. Seems to have paid off because he's come back with a little bit of a FU chip on his shoulder and wanting to put the shoulder down, wanting to grind with the puck and do different things, which makes me pretty damn excited. Now, another guy that I'm excited about is Victor Mete. And I know, whoa, heads just exploded in Ottawa. Just everybody saying, what are you talking about? This guy, he's 24 years old, guys. When Justin Hall became a regular, he was 26 years old. The Leafs got their hands on him, worked with them throughout their system, and look what he became with Muzzin. I know it was one season, but both guys haven't really been healthy and on the same page since that. If they can get their mittens on Victor Mete and do what they need to do, maybe Victor Mete becomes a player for the Maple Leafs. And it looks like he's ready to tally some points and do some things. Plus, he's got some wheels to do the different things that we need on this Leafs defense. As a depth option, I don't freaking hate it. But the Leafs beat the Montreal Canadiens 3-0. Everyone you wanted to see do some things, did some things. And by the way, I see you, Pontus Holmberg. That is a guy, again, Dylan, that looks like a guy who could be fitting into this roster as a center. For the Maple Leafs. What do you think of Pontus Holmberg? Am I just blowing smoke up a guy's ass for no reason? I mean, you could be, but uh, no, he, if I'm not mistaken, Pontus has been the large man that has gone out on the ice next to Robertson. Yep. And Malgan. He is just somebody I feel like the Leafs need. I, I've, I've noticed a very big trend in the league as of late and there are forwards now that are like six 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 seven six eight that are coming into lineups and doing what they need to do you have tage thompson in buffalo you have that i can't i think can't think of his name but he's in detroit he's a prospect he's showing and doing things that he should should do in, in, in a lineup, but these are, these are, you know, your classic power forwards that, you know, in, in, in Holmberg's situation, he will win face-offs against, you know, smaller type of players and he'll dish the puck to the smaller players that can put the puck in the back of the net. Um, 
I mean, I don't know how many points he necessarily has over this preseason, but he's definitely showing that he can be in a lineup if need be down the road. If an injury comes up, um, you know, he, he could tear it up in the AHL. Who, who the hell knows? But uh, I, I think this is, you know, it's a good thing to have prospects that are showing that they have what it takes to, you know, shine in the moment when the opportunity presents itself. Um, we can hope that, you know, not a lot of injuries happen this year, but I think we have the depth that we need in, in, in the case that it comes up. No, you're 100% correct, and it's always good to have depth, and it's good to see guys taking steps. Uh, the Maple Leafs need homegrown talent. We talked about it with David Alter. We talked about it, you know, with David DeWork and everyone who's joined us so far, Mike Harrington, you name it, that they need cheap players to be able to jump in this team and be a low-cap hit productive player, and maybe these guys can be. I'm talking Robertson. I'm talking Malgan. I'm talking Holmberg, Victor Metze. Uh, go down the list. These guys definitely can and will probably produce for the Leafs at a cheaper rate than some of their veterans. Um, the next game, Toronto Maple Leafs play the Ottawa Senators Friday night. Shout out to John Trottier, our buddy who was on the show that Dylan was ready to jump ship for and become an Ottawa Senator fan for. That will never die, Dylan. It will never, ever die. But um, he's down there in Belleville calling the game. He's the Sens PA guy. Absolutely awesome. Uh, shout out to him working through a scrambly situation, as he put it. Um, Leafs beat the Sens 6-3. to three. Again, Ilya Samsonov's first full game as a Maple Leaf went on a couple journeys out of the net playing the puck. Uh, each time was met with a little bit of fire. Uh, obviously got himself caught on one of them, leading to a goal. And then, of course, the soft one that kind of fluttered through the pad, uh, one that he wants to have back. But other than that, he made some pretty 10-bell saves. Um, Ottawa brought its top line. And other than that Drake Batherson goal, he really turned away everyone. And I made the funny tweet, and uh, well, maybe we'll show it later, but I said that uh, Samsonov was loosely translated into uh, Stutzla stopping machine because he robbed Stutzla all night long. And again, let's just say the guys who need to show up that want to be on this roster showed up. And I said it in my prediction season video. These guys really need to take a step and show why they want to be a part of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nick Robertson scores. Not one, but two. Dennis Malgan scores. Victor Mete scores. Nicholas Abe Kubel pots one on a line with Zach Aston Reese. By the way, Maple Leafs, get some pen to paper here. Get the man signed. I want to see Zach Aston Reese with the Maple Leafs. <clears throat> I don't know what the holdup is. I suspect it's going to be done when the league officially opens for business and you can move guys to LTIR, et cetera, et cetera. You're probably going to see some deals done there when guys are sent to the minors, whatever it is. He will be a Maple Leaf. But a 6-3 to three game, not too shabby, Dylan, nope. against the Ottawa Senators, who brought some of their big guns. And by the way, the Leafs very much so did not have very much status in that lineup at all. <laughs> so what did you take away from the Ottawa game? For me, it was the guys who needed to make the team and wanted to make the team running with the ball and saying, we're doing this. We're taking the rock and we're doing what we need to do to show that we want to make the team. And an Ottawa squad that said, man, 
it's the first week of preseason. We don't give an F. We'll give an F next week. <laughs> um, first of all, I mean, Ottawa, you need defense. <laughs> but besides that, you know, this Abe Kubel, Czar, and comp line needs to happen in the regular season. I don't care what anybody says. I'm 100% on board with this. Um, By the way, congratulations to David Camp. Yes, on the baby. Baby Michael, Michael, by the way. And <laughs> Michael with the little nice name, Chirp. Um, but I, I've noticed a little trend here. I'm looking at the uh, looking at the box score. Robertson from Malgan and Mete. Abe Kubel from Reese and Kampf. Victor Mete scored. Then Malgan from Robertson and Kral. Then Robertson from Abe Kubel and Villeneuve. I can't say that right. Hall from Logan Shaw. Now, I noticed that Malgan and Robertson are playing fairly well together. They're, they're, they're racing for that. Top Same six. spot. <laughs> they're they're racing for it, but I think they need to split them up in one of these games to see who's you know who actually puts out that a little bit more effort. Um, well, actually, they did do that. I do believe they did do that against the uh, the Ottawa Senators. Okay, so they were allowed to drive their own spot and do their own thing. Um, <clears throat> the big thing for me too was the power play. They split them up on the power play. So I'm just noticing. A Huge. lot of the points that came from one came from the other, which which I thought is kind of funny. Um, no, nah, this looked like Toronto's AHL team against Ottawa's NHL team, which is kind of sad. But, you know, I think um, I, I saw something on Twitter the other day about Matthew Nyes going and hitting somebody in his college game. And they're like, oh, you know, this isn't the type of Dubas player. Oh, you got to get rid of him now. No, 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 no. Dubas is presenting the exact forwards that he wants and that bottom six of Abe Kubel, Zach Astoris, and David Kampf is exactly what Nice is showing he can do. I think later down the road, if Robertson is still in that top six, come time when Nice comes in, I think Nice is going to want to slot himself into that third line. They're going to compete for it, but... Uh, I, I love this game. It was it was a great game. Saw what you know Robertson had to offer. He had a couple of goals that you know were showing his wrister power. You know there was I think there was a off balance one if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's uh, he's he's, he's showing what his brother does man. That's his what that's what I mean. I told I told you on this that that brother little chemistry in the offseason is going to bring the best out in Nick, and it certainly has. I hope Jason gets his contract soon, for heaven's sake. Uh, but, trust uh, me, I need him to. <laughs> but uh, this this is good. This like I don't think we've had this type of preseason stuff in a long time, man. Like No, the, the competition for roster spots has not been this deep before. No. Because you got guys like Wayne Simmons battling for a spot. I'll back you, Bell. Zach Aston Reese battling not over a spot, but for a contract, but guys battling for a second line spot. There's so much internal competition, which is great. It absolutely lights the feet on fire for these guys to want to make them to do things. 
Um, but you know what? This week the Leafs go out two and zero in the preseason. Beautiful, love it, chef's kiss. Now coming up this week, we have tomorrow's game, which, by the way, I probably won't get to see because it's my seven-year wedding anniversary. Not missing that, my friends. Yes, absolutely amazing sheets. Put up with my offside nonsense for seven years plus, obviously. Um, but we have the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow. Uh, the roster's looking a little slimmer and trimmer for who's going to be in it. Then Detroit, Detroit. So what I do on my Leafs Weekenders, Dylan, because you are new to this part of the show, I look ahead and say, what can the Leafs do this week? I look at the Leafs this week and say they're going to go two and one. Obviously, you want them to win them all. But I do think they will beat the Montreal Canadiens. And I do think they'll win the home part of the home and home with the Detroit Red Wings. I do think that Detroit puts a bigger lineup in on the Friday game than they will on the Saturday game. So it looks like Toronto would lose that one because Toronto would probably dress more of their AHL roster, wanting more of the home bodies to be home for that home game. What do you say? What do you feel for this week, looking ahead for the week that is for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, just looking at this now, I would say I would probably push to 3-0, and but... Ooh. Yeah, screw it. Let's go 3-0. Uh, I, I think there's going to be, you know, obviously they're going to push Matt Murray to have a full game probably this next game against the Habs. And then I think you're you're either going to see uh, the start of what the AHL team looks like or you're going to see, you know, what the start of the NHL squad is going to look like. I know <clears throat> this is a question for you, and I, I think it popped up on my Twitter the other day. Do you think the preseason should be for like the roster, the people that already have roster spots and the people that are fighting for them? Or do you think it should only be for the guys that are fighting for the positions? Uh, No, I think it should be for both. I mean, obviously maybe the first weekend we've seen it with the Leafs, actually. There hasn't been exactly too many veterans getting in on any given night for the first week of preseason games. There's been, you know, a line, maybe four or five guys a night that have had NHL experience with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, And Sheldon Keefe said it himself that this week coming up will be more, you know, NHL laden guys. But last week was really rookies. And I think that's the proper way to do it. You sprinkle some guys in here and there, Matthews, a Nylander, a Bunting, you know, but you haven't seen your top nine or your top six. You haven't seen your full D pairs. You know, they'll roll a they'll roll O'Reilly and a, vet, a Mete or, you know, different things like that. But they're not rolling, you know, <coughs> what you're going to see in the NHL. So I think the Leafs already do that, um, you know, and I think they do it the right way because you have to look at the preseason too. It's about getting guys up to tempo, getting them up to speed. And the second week, Melly Friedman says it all the time, the give a bleep meter for these guys really doesn't turn on until the second week of preseason, which is when the Leafs really – You'll see it. You see it today in practice. The lines put out by David Alter, a friend of the show. You know, he shows what the Leafs are putting together. Their top six is pretty much there. You know, their top couple of D pairs are pretty much there. They're both their goaltenders are now their goaltenders. It's Samsonov and Murray, you know, going to the net tomorrow night against the Montreal Canadiens. So I think the Leafs already do it that way. Uh, Let guys battle and find their spots for the first week. Sprinkle them in through the second week. 
see which guys stick with the big boys, and then you can weed out who doesn't really fit or who doesn't really play with who from there on out. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? Now, obviously, with Tavares being injured, uh, who do you think is going to slot in there on uh, second line center? <clears throat> well, it was an interesting comment going around that maybe William Nylander goes there and you flank them with Malgan and Robertson. Um, that could be an easy way to do it. Um, there, you give both guys a look at the second line, and when Tavares is back, whoever is performing, you can give the award to, so to speak. I look at it and say you also have Cal Yarncroke and Kerfoot, who not only can play center and wing, but they can also play defense, so why not? Uh, but, you know, the opportunity is there for one of those guys. So there, there's options. But for me, in my heart of heart, I think it's going to be Kerf, and I think you're going to roll with the line you see today in practice which was Nylander, Kerf, and, and Robertson, second line. Yep. It looks like the Leafs are willing to give Nick Robertson the upper hand uh, over Dennis Malgan right now, which we'll see how Malgan responds. Because you remember when um, I believe there's two players, um, it was a young defenseman, Borgman, and then uh, I believe it was Kasperi Kapanen. They both got uh, demoted, so to speak, in the lineup and then sent down, and they acted like little piss babies. Yep. About being demoted and not having their opportunities. You know, that right there showed the least brass, A, the maturity level, but B, the work ethic of both those players. Because if they weren't getting what they wanted, they're not going to put the effort in. So now you'll see what you have in Des Malgan and what he's going to do. If he's willing to, to still play the same way on the third line or fourth line or wherever he's being slotted. Right. So those are things you have to look at for the Toronto Maple Leafs here. Absolutely. So the next part of this is the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. The good, both goaltenders looking great for the Maple Leafs. Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray both looking stellar between the pipes, putting up pretty good numbers. Obviously, the, uh, let's say, going on a wander and letting a softy by Samsonov, you know, is a little bit of a problem. But something I'm sure Curtis Sanford will work on. Uh, what do you have for the good yourself for this week for the Leafs? I mean... Matt Murray looks human. He uh, he doesn't look moderately destroyed anymore. He looks like he's come back to his full self. Uh, obviously, that's a good sign. And I know it had happened before we acquired him, but I'm just saying to see you know the confidence that I see in his face now that he didn't have in Ottawa, I think this is a really good sign for uh, what's ahead in the season. All right, all right. I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. Now, for the bad this week for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the bad is the, the injuries keep mounting up. Um, you have Carl Dahlstrom now at six months, shoulder surgery. Um, you know, setback for Jordy Ben, three weeks with a groin. Better than it could have been, which he did not look good in that first period. Him holding his groin area looked pretty bad, pretty nasty. Um, but the injuries are mounting up for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I want them to get the rest of camp done and get it over with. Uh, for you, if you had to take a bad takeaway for this week, what is it? <clears throat> uh, I, I I don't know if I really have one. Um, like, obviously, seeing Tavares injured is probably number one, but doesn't seem like it's going to be too long. Um, yeah, I don't think I had one at all this week. Not bad, not bad. All right, so the ugly then. The ugly, the absolute ugly is the Leafs are over the salary cap. 
we know something has to to come here. Um, I think it's right now three point eight million dollars over the cap uh, after Sandine signed. You still want to theoretically sign Zach Aston Reese. Uh, you can move bodies down to the minors, uh, but as producer Clark said, they obviously know something <clears throat> you don't because they get paid to know those things. What do the Leafs do here, Dylan? This is the only ugly thing with this team right now is the fact that they may have to start opening night with only 19 skaters. What do they do is your question. Yeah, what do they do here? What? Are they, how do they make this work? I, I know I know you hate long pauses here, so I'm trying to think very, very fast. I, I honestly see Angval or Hall, the odd man, odd man out at this point. Um, I've seen this over and over again, and I, I've even said this, you know, let's move Kerfoot out of town. But <clears throat> Kerfoot, Kerfoot may have a high salary, yes, but he is like Cal Yarncroke, for example, somebody that we got this, <coughs> pardon me, somebody that we got this year. He's a Swiss Army knife, and you you see it with this Tavares injury that <clears throat> you know Kerfoot can jump into that second line center role, which is great, and so can Yarncroke. Those are two positives there. With Angval, I I honestly see him kind of sliding out of the lineup at this moment due to Zach Aston Reese coming in and showing showing Dubis what he can really do and like what he can provide for this, this lineup. Like I truly love Zar Kampf and <clears throat> pardon me, Zach Abe Kubel. Um, I, I, I think Angval's the odd man out. All right. All right. Yeah. Angval might be the odd man out and Justin Hall maybe as well uh, to keep the salaries going, but we'll see what happens there with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But there definitely has to be some cap trim. You know, maybe you put JT on LTIR just to, to relieve that money. Maybe you put Angball there if he's not ready, but looks like he's going to be now. Um, we'll see what happens. But that is the ugly right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, news and notes around the league. It looks like the Dallas Stars and Nick Ro- or not Nick, uh, Jason Robertson are closing in on a deal. Uh, probably about four years at seven and a half mil per year. Uh, we shall see if that gets locked up and done. Uh, that's from Elliot Freeman on the latest 32 Thoughts podcast. Um, so hopefully that deal gets locked, signed, sealed, and delivered, which would be nice for my fantasy team. Uh, by the way, make sure you check out Fan Talk over on TikTok. I'll be doing some videos as the season is starting to start this weekend. Mario, I see you. I told you guys we would talk about the league on the podcast. Pumped up to see it happen. Um, but we have to get to our favorite segment. It's brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co. It is the Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Bearded Blue Warrior of the Week. And I got to ask you, who's your Bearded Blue Warrior of the Week this week, Dylan? None other than Mr. Nick Robertson. I think that one's self-explanatory, but uh, kids, kids proven why he needs to be here and wants to be here. So, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, for me, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a two-parter. It's gonna be Mr. Rasmus Sandine and Kyle Dubas. And why do I say that? Well, because we all want a Rasmus Sandine to sign. We didn't want no dark clouds over the organization. And Kyle Dubas said, "Well, we're giving you 1.4 over two, two years, and you're gonna take it." 
or you're not. And lo and behold, Rasmus Sandin held out to get $1.4 million per year for two years. And now is a Toronto Maple Leaf again for two more years. Why am I saying Rasmus Sandin? He wants to be a Maple Leaf. If you listen to his comment about the fact that he grew up loving the blue and white, played in the blue and white, he said, since he was a kid, and then came to be a Maple Leaf in the blue and white and wants to end his career in the blue and white. This guy likes being in Toronto. It wasn't, and he said, there's no negativity. There's no animosity. He's been training hard. And also, Rasmus Sandin, by the way, my friend, bulking up a hopping almost 12 pounds. That is great muscle mass for him. Uh, Mitch Marner doing the same kind. But to see that on Rasmus Sandin, that bump back check is going to be great. But those <laughs> right there on our Sunday are our Bearded Blue Warriors of the Week. We will do it every single Sunday on the Leafs Weekender. Absolutely awesome. Where we wrap up the week that was, look at the week that will be. Talk about the good, bad, and the ugly for the blue and white. Talk a little bit of our fantasy league. But ladies and gentlemen, Quick, simple, and easy, like I told you. This has been the Leafs Weekender, episode number one, wrapping the Leafs up. Let's get it done. We're heading to Wednesday. Let's go. Enjoy the week. Let us know what your predictions are for the week. And you know what it is. It's go, Leafs, go. Hit the offside, D434, follow. And this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. Ow, ow. 